Hi, and welcome to Self-Help SatNav, the podcast designed to help you create significant and measurable change in your life. This show is brought to you by Open Forwards, specialists in helping you to work, love, play, and feel better. My name is Jim Lucas, and since 2003, I've been working as a behavioral psychotherapist. Each month, I talk to a guest about what they do to help their self. We cover well-being, mental health, relationships, work, parenting, and much, much more. You can also find out more about what we do over at www.openforwards.com. That's www.openforwards.com. Stepping outside your comfort zone is a concept close to my heart. I've learned lots doing this podcast. When I got started, I was scared that I'd be rubbish and that no one would listen to it. Anna did it anyway, because there was a bigger purpose to it. I wanted to connect with more people than I could, just sticking to one-on-one therapy. My guest today knows all about stepping outside her comfort zone. In the last year, she's been putting up videos on YouTube, all about spending five minutes a day getting beyond the walls of where you feel comfortable. She's called these the five-minute breakouts. In fact, the idea has caught on. She's been featured in the Irish Times and invited on Irish radio to talk all about it. She recently co-published a book and she's well-liked and respected trainer in the world of behavioural psychology and beyond. I'm delighted to have her here on the show today. Her name is Ashlyn Curtin. Hello, Ashlyn, are you there? I am here, Jim, and delighted to be here with you on this podcast. Thank you for joining me. It's good to speak to you. You too. Thanks for the invite. So let's get straight into this. So the first question I want to put to you, Ashlyn, is what is an example of a self-help tool that you've put to work in your own life? So there's definitely been a couple of ones that I've, I've, I've put to use in my own life that I found really, really helpful. And I think probably one of the simplest, but also one of the most effective ones for me is to kind of start off each day by doing some mindfulness and just a really gentle reflection of, okay, today, what are the things that I want to move toward? You know, who do I want to be and what do I want to do? And what can I kind of tangibly do in my life that I could see in a video kind of camera or a video screen that brings me toward that and also what away moves do I need to be aware of today so what actions might I engage in to try and bring me away from anxiety or sadness or some a fear of rejection or failure for example um, and then how can I be aware of that so that maybe I don't engage in those away moves as much and then again in the evening just to kind of notice okay what did I move toward today uh, what were my away moves and that obviously comes from the act matrix with Kevin Polk and Benji Schoendorf and I just find for me that's really helpful because I think um, before I used to kind of think think of things in terms of good and bad right and wrong and I used to just kind of get caught in a bit of a shame cycle and it wasn't particularly helpful so that's something that's really helpful and I'm sorry if there's some background noise um, I've got construction going on near me and apparently it's a discount supermarket so this I'm sure I'm going to be getting used to this for, for several months to come so I'm sorry that <laughs> I can't you're... hear it I can't it doesn't okay. come through I, I totally could have just not, not even acknowledged that. And I guess the other kind of self 
kind of help tool that I really look at is I suppose this idea around the comfort zone and doing something every day that helps me to break out of my comfort zone so that something that actually brings up anxiety to actually see anxiety as obviously there are some times when anxiety is not useful if you know or not necessarily not useful but it's indicating that something is wrong like if there's a car coming towards me obviously just you know hop out of the way but sometimes anxiety tells me okay this is something that's actually really important to me so I try to kind of deliberately do something that brings me towards my values and who I want to be that's going to bring up anxiety and other unwanted emotions each day and just to kind of do that five minutes at a time because I find when I try to do a lot of things all together I generally fall off the bandwagon pretty quickly okay so I think you're saying two things that you do for yourself there the first is this kind of slowing down mindful awareness exercise that you do twice a day Mm -hmm. and and you mentioned the matrix uh, interestingly, I interviewed Benji Schondorf previously, so mm-hmm. people have got a uh, um, some familiarity if they've listened to that episode. So do you actually, when you do that for yourself, do you actually sit down and put pen to paper? So it depends. Some days I, I definitely, I sit down every day. I've got like this little meditation stool and I kind of just prop myself in front of my fake fire in my city center apartment. <laughs> and I've got, I've got two Siberian cats who have a temperament more like dogs called Loki and Chanty. And Loki usually wants to hang out with me the moment that I start doing mindfulness. And cause it's like half six, seven in the morning. I don't feel like I want to just turn You're mindfully out. kicking him away at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but it's interesting because he seems to know when I'm in mindfulness. He seems to like, I think there's a different quality of attention. So I'll always um, sit down and connect with it. And sometimes then I'll write. Um, and sometimes I'll write about my intentions. And other times I do, you know, what's called a brain dump. So I actually just kind of really write down all the things that are kind of getting that I'm getting caught up in within my head because one of the things I've realized is especially writing is really important to me and I can sometimes have a lot of blocks around writing and I think most other writers will say this all these thoughts around oh I'm not good enough what do I have to add that other people don't and stuff so sometimes I'll just do a brain dump just to acknowledge those and kind of unhook from them a little bit so I can kind of just get to the task at hand so I suppose the reality is sometimes I write and sometimes I don't but every day I'll kind of sit and I'll I'll pick somewhere to sit that I think I'll have a little bit of kind of peace and quiet and a bit of space uh, are low-key, of course. So you're roughly choosing your time, you're choosing your location. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And did you say you do it for about five minutes at a time? Is that what you said? Yeah, about five minutes. I kind of go with a five-minute kind of minimum, and sometimes I go a little bit more, but the commitment is to to five minutes every every morning. And I've definitely found that it's helpful to do it first thing when I get up, even though that might vary a little bit from weekdays to weekend. But just having that kind of context will cue really helps. Because when I say I'll do it at any stage during the day, and I notice this with my clients as well, it just doesn't seem to happen. Yeah, too easy to get forgotten. Yeah. 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 And so since you've been doing this for yourself, what benefits do you think it's had for your life kind of more broadly? Like the things that really matter to you in your life, how has it benefited those things? So I definitely feel like I'm more intentional and... I think it kind of helps me to realize, I know one of my tendencies is to get really caught up in work and it's difficult because it's something I love and I'm sure you're the same boat if you're running this podcast and I absolutely love work and then sometimes I can kind of realize, oh wow, I haven't seen friends for like a week or something. So just taking that time to say, okay, look, it might not be possible to see somebody this week. However, I'm going to make a phone call and also, you know, we're going to set up something for, for next week. So I find like with relationships, it really helps me and my partner Trish and she's also a psychologist who practices that 
it just made me realizing, okay, maybe I could have a little bit more um, patience or maybe I could be a bit more supportive if something's going on for her. And certainly with my clients, I think it really helps me to kind of realize that I'm the best as a psychologist and therapist if I can balance um, kind of challenge with support. And I think this kind of practice in the morning, and actually I do an extra practice days when I'm seeing clients one-to-one, I'll actually do the toward in a way, especially around with clients and to actually think with each client, what do I need to do? For So for some people it might be being more challenging, for other people it might be actually like holding back and really focusing on being more supportive with them. And for me, that's been helpful to realize that it isn't one size fits all and it isn't at a toward move is the same in all contexts, that it shifts. So you can't just do this one off and then hope that it'll make a difference. I think it's the daily practice. I always think little and often is better than perfect and never. So I'm thinking some people might not know quite what you mean by this away and toward move. Yeah. Can you just briefly say like what you mean by that? Yeah, so I consider a toward move any action that helps bring me closer toward who and where I want to be. And often these towards moves might involve some discomfort. So Brené Brown would say, choose discomfort over resentment. So that's something that I aim to do. So rather than doing the thing that feels easier in the short run, that gives me that short-term gain, that short-term relief, I'll do the piece that'll give me the short-term pain at times. So it might feel a bit uncomfortable, but ultimately at the end of the day, when I look back, I'll kind of be like, oh, I'm glad I did that. It kind of, you kind of start to sit a bit taller and walk a bit like, um, right. a bit more upright because you kind of feel like okay yeah I, I, I actually have integrity rather than you know saying yes when we really already have too much stuff on our plate for for example so a toward move is any action that brings me closer towards who and where I want to be and an away move is any action that brings me further away and actually there's a, a story that I share with people to kind of help illustrate it be useful to share that you know yeah go for it yeah, so you might have heard heard it before, but um, there was this regal white tiger, Mohini, in the Washington, D.C. National Zoo. Have you heard the story about him before? No, I haven't. Okay, yeah, so he was gifted to President Eisenhower, and then he was put into the Washington, D.C. National Zoo. And for most of those years, his house was in, like, this 12 by 12 foot lion cage. So he, like, paced back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then staff in the hospital and activists, environmentalists, they all rallied together. And they were like, this is no place for this beautiful, majestic creature. You know, they need this really new and expansive environment. They need trees. They need ponds. They need vegetation, everything. And after several years, they got this amazing habitat for this beautiful, regal white tiger, Mohini. And guess what Mohini did? Tonight just stuck in a corner of the compound and basically wore out um, an area 12 by 12 feet of more bare of grass and, li- and he lived for the remainder of his life in that tiny little place. How awful. How awful. And I think most of us can relate to Mohini a little bit, you know, so often we needed to do certain things at a certain point in our life because, you know, that was all that we could do based on maybe some limitations or some contextual factors such as family or relationships. And then often those limitations are taken away from us, but we still kind of stay, stay in the same old patterns. So I think of our 12 by 12 as kind of like our away moves. So those things that we do that keep our life smaller. And I think of our toward moves of those things that kind of break us outside of that 12 by 12 right. and make life a little bit bigger. So kind of just even thinking about Mohini and just, yeah, am I within my little box here or am I breaking out of it and moving toward where I really want to be? So this is linking into this other thing that you're talking about, breaking outside your comfort zones, mm-hmm. isn't it? And I noticed mm-hmm. these these five-minute breakouts that you're doing on YouTube with yeah. Trish. How did, yes. how did you get into those? 
So essentially, we were having a conversation over a Costa Coffee the day after doing a two-day workshop together. And I suppose we both really wanted to reach more people. And Trish is a massive fear of public speaking. And I used to. I don't have as much of a fear of public speaking anymore. But I have a massive fear about doing things online and on the Internet because it kind of feels a little bit different, like faceless people and not knowing when you put something out there. Will one person see this? Will a hundred? Will a thousand? What have you? So we essentially kind of thought, okay, what about if we did like these five minute videos um, kind of once a day for the next month and we're just really be open and kind of open up to vulnerabilities and kind of share these with other people. And that's kind of where where it came from. And then I, I pitched the idea to the Irish Times, a major newspaper here, and they published an exclusive on it. And then just lots of people just seem to really, really like this idea of five minutes break outside of the comfort zone every day because it just seems like more manageable. Yeah. And, and the the thing I I like to kind of say about the comfort zone is that it's not a fixed um, state or it's not a fixed space, the comfort zone. It's kind of expanding, contracting all of the time based on our actions or inactions. So if I'm doing a five-minute breakout, so for the first while we were doing a lot in terms of videos and then we kind of shifted the focus to writing a little bit more because then the videos were starting to become a bit more comfortable and then it's like, okay, now we need to write to get this message out to people. and. Then it was like, okay, well, I'm doing more radio, and it's 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 kind of constantly kind of checking in um, around what is breaking out of my comfort zone now because um, our comfort zone will get bigger as we engage in action, and also our comfort zone varies from one part of our life to the next. So some people feel very comfortable in work, but not very comfortable in intimate relationships. Other people feel very comfortable in intimate relationships, but like work and education seems to be a place where they feel really small. So it's kind of around shattering this illusion that we just have one comfort zone and that there's just some people who are confident and some people who are not confident and some people who are um you know have a massive comfort zone some people have a small one that this is actually something that each and every one of us can change day to day with with practice so i can see how your your daily practice of in earlier on and later on in the day of slowing down to be mindful helps you tune into your comfort zone and yeah. notice where you might be trying to just stay within it and where you might want yeah. to expand it is that how yeah. it works absolutely Absolutely. And I think accountability is huge as well. So I'm obviously fortunate because my partner and I, we kind of co-created this together so that we check in with one another regularly and we check out like if we're doing fake breaking outs, you know what I mean? Where we're saying, oh yeah, I broke out of my comfort zone today. And we're like, no, that wasn't really that <laughs> anymore, you know, and, and we kind of will we'll kind of say, okay, what will the consequences be if we do or don't follow through? on this and it's it's not about being massively punitive but it is around like life gives us consequences anyway so can we put little consequences in place so sometimes i might say well i love going to the movie so i might say look i won't go to the cinema until i've kind of caught up on my five minute breakouts for example and then if i do them i'll kind of give myself going over to the gym and going to the jacuzzi in the steam room without having to do any weights or any of the hard work you know so it's just about having little kind of incentives and obviously that checking in with yourself that becomes an incentive in and by itself because we generally feel better going to bed at night when we know we've kind of broken out of that small 12 by 12 for ourselves at least that's what i've noticed and that seems to be what my my clients are telling me and my workshop attendees are telling me as well. I'm getting like these nice little texts of like, oh, I didn't want to do it. And then I remembered that I did it and I, I felt much better afterwards. I really recommend Re to people they watch these videos because there's something that captures my attention about them, which is you and Trish both show up for them. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you really show up for them. You, mm -hmm. You're prepared to kind of be open and 
and be vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. what comes across to me watching them. Yeah. So I get a sense that you're really kind of trying to model the sense of stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, I'm assuming that's something that you're really kind of conscious of and intentional about. Yeah, a big time. And I think, Jim, when I look back at the people I've learned the most from, they were people who walked the walk. And I think kind of a really life-changing workshop for me a few years ago um, was with Jonathan Cantor. It was my first workshop in functional analytic psychotherapy, which is kind of like a, I often think of it as a sister therapy of acceptance kind of therapy. And it's, it, they talk about like toward awareness as well around if we bring awareness continuously into our relating and our relationships that works best and that vulnerability isn't a weakness and that can we connect with our vulnerability and that basically the best way that we can teach anybody anything is true modeling and i saw that when people share their life histories or shared shameful moments in their own life when the facilitator really showed up and really connected to that and modeled that it gave me permission to do it myself in a way that somebody telling me that i had permission to do it never did yeah yeah and then so presumably then that has a big impact for the the people that you're working with so i know you said you work at is it st patrick's university hospital yes i work in yeah st edmundsbury hospital which is which is part of the st patrick's uh system so that's adult psychiatry so i've worked there um now i think it's nine years this year you know time flies when you're having fun i guess and um, I work in adult psychiatry there and I, I used to work there full time and then I, I left there and I continued to do consultancy work there as I kind of set up initially Acnow Ireland and now Acnow Purposeful Living and the amount of people in their 60s who turned around and told me if only I had learned these lessons 40 years ago my life could have been fundamentally different and it kind of seems odd but in ways that was actually what made me leave the hospital because I kind of thought okay do people really need to get to these acute states of depression and anxiety in order to access these skills that are actually amazing for all of us to have and like I've personally struggled with anxiety in my own life. Trish, my partner, struggled with depression. So we bring that sensitivity. For me, it's not us versus them. It's us and us. And yeah. I think we're all on the spectrum. And can we just kind of see those parts within ourselves? That there really are a few skills that if we learn them and apply them regularly, it's the difference between a life lived well and a half-lived life. And I just hate the idea of anybody dying with a song left in them you know as the song goes or like Mohini within their 12 by 12 and kind of thinking if only you know it's really eye-opening when you look at the top five regrets of the dying and I suppose that's my aim is that I don't want to have those regrets myself and I don't want anybody who I come into contact with who's willing to listen to me to have those regrets either yes yes Mm. it's lovely to hear I mean the the sentiments that kind of I share as well that the us and us Mm. and um, and kind of showing up and being prepared to be vulnerable yeah. and, and modeling that and i think it really creates belonging and creates safety for other people big time and for us yeah yeah absolutely i think it becomes more enjoyable work when we can really be ourselves and to really be touched by other people's lives and other people's struggles and other people's victories i think when we can really fully feel that um, this work becomes like the best work that anybody could ever do in the world and it's amazing when people hear I'm a psychologist they're like oh that must be so, so tough and I'm like talking to other people I, I've got to be good and obviously I need to be aware of self-care and, and all of those things and nurturing and nourishing activities but overall I think if you can really be in this work without trying to numb it out I think it's, it's incredibly beautiful and meaningful work to do 
So if somebody's listening and they're, they're wanting to kind of try out some of what you're saying you do for yourself, are there, mm-hmm. any, are there any tips that you can give them about how to make that work as best as it can for them? Yeah, so I think the first thing is, yeah, choose a time during the day that you're going to commit to five minutes. Um, as that I think often first thing in the morning or even if you put around a meal time, I know not everybody likes the mornings, but even if you tie it around a meal time, but that you have a concrete time that you're going to do something to kind of check in with yourself. And then I think also to ask yourself, you know, if you were to do something outside of your comfort zone for five minutes a day, what thing would kind of have the most impact? on your life and I always think it's helpful to reflect okay what's the immediate short medium and long-term pains and gains of both staying within my comfort zone and of breaking out of my comfort zone um, as well and I think that um, if you can identify those because uh, the reality is anything we do we do it for good reason all of these things they serve us well at some point and we get some at least short-term gains from it and um, yet can we kind of at least take an I don't know, Pema Children says the most fundamental aggression we can ever do to ourselves is not to have the courage to look at ourselves honestly and gently. And I think that there's something in that. So can we honestly and gently look at ourselves every day? And then at least we can make an informed choice in our lives rather than our lives kind of happening to us. And and also, if people want to get in touch with me, I'm happy to send them on some like worksheets and MP3s that they can, that they can apply as well. Yeah. I'll ask you at the end about how what the best way for people to get in touch with you is. I noticed you've recently written a book, Mindfulness and Acceptance for Gender and Sexual Minorities. Yes. Um, So who's this book targeted at? So this book is targeted mainly at clinicians and educators and and therapists. Uh, Yeah, so I wrote it with Matthew Skinta and I suppose it very much kind of came from a personal place. I, I came out later in life myself. Uh, in my late 20s having had relationships with men previously and you know some of my family had a really tough time getting their head around that and even some of my friends were kind of like well I never kind of saw that and people just constantly wanted to categorize and box and you know mm. it's it's hard when people have one kind of vision of who you are and then when you kind of break outside of that and I think a lot of people fear that my life was going to become more difficult now that I kind of was a sexual minority and actually it was quite the opposite for me in fact I found really for the most part very liberating and it was kind of like okay right this this is me and this is who I am and I really believe in the Buddhist saying of no mud no lotus so I kind of think if you're going through suffering how can you convert that to compassion for yourself and other people so I thought I want to write a book that's really going to help clinicians and educators to know more about gender and sexual minorities who've experienced rejection and shaming just as I had in a really kind of humane and compassionate way because before that there wasn't really that many books out there and most of them had been written by people who are heterosexual and cisgender and cisgender for those who don't know it's just a name to say like that your assigned sex at birth matches what gender kind of people would kind of usually put on on you and so and that there's nothing wrong with being heterosexual or cisgender but it's just that when we're talking about this I think it's, it's helpful if it's us and us versus us versus them so yeah so it was it was a real honor to to write that book and people seem to be really enjoying it and we're having our first conference over in the San Francisco Bay Area in the next um, month around that uh, oh, wow. so, yeah yeah fairly average place to go isn't it to have a conference yeah, yeah. I know it's not the worst place to get thrown out to right <laughs> that'll do I, I, 
Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then the next project is uh, a self-help book around five to thrive and uh, five minute breakouts. So looking at this concept of five minutes to breakout. So we're currently in talks with the publishers and all going well. That will be on the shelves for Christmas of this year. But if not, uh, it'll be next year. So I'll be sure to send, send you a copy. Uh, actually, you would be great to review it. So I'll have to talk to you after this podcast to see if you would be open to such a, a task. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'd love to. Fab. Uh, yeah. So I, I was going to ask you about new projects that you had on the horizon, but that sounds exciting. Yeah. It's going to yeah. take up a lot of your time, I bet. Yeah, it's exci- it is exciting. So the book and then also our big thing is around developing more online programs because we're aware that in person we can only reach so many people. So we're looking at Udemy and some other platforms to kind of create these these programs so that people can join in with us anywhere around the world and also building some kind of coaching packages, both one-to-one and in closed groups as well. So um, we're getting married on June 20th and then the plan is two days after the wedding, we're flying over to Seville for the act world conference uh-huh. which hopefully i'll see you at and then we're going to go from there hopefully to italy to finish off our book and just enjoy being married and then to kind of work on our our online programs as well so it's it's we're taking three months kind of away from our regular yeah. life here in ireland to kind of really devote the time and energy that the book and these online projects deserves okay yeah yeah and so the online projects are they are they working through is it at now purposeful living Yes, yeah, yeah. Acnow Purposeful Living. So the the website is acnowpl.com. We thought to have acnowpurposefulliving.com. People will be so tired <laughs> by the time they'd finished off the URL that they wouldn't want to do anything else. So yeah, they'll be going through Acnow Purposeful Living. And uh, also, I suppose people can find out through um, my Twitter and my um my fa- our, our Facebook and that as well and I'm, I'm sure you'll probably put up a link because you're able to pronounce my name perfectly and, and spell it but um, for non-Irish people the name Ashling Curtin is a, is a little difficult to, to find I'll be honest it was only recently I learned how to pronounce it properly <laughs> I used to say Aileen that's not a name I've heard of before and that's like oh, no, yeah. it doesn't sound right <laughs> yeah I call it called Aisling 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 Aileen you name it I've been called it so the easiest ways I'm like it's like Ashley but it's a ling at the end and uh, and I'll only tell you how to spell it if you really <laughs> need to know that and so what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they wanted yeah so our website www.acnowpl.com is one way to get in touch and people can sign up to the mailing list there if they want to kind of get access to mp3s and worksheets and so forth and then also as you know, I'm very active on Twitter, so that's at Ashlyn Curtin, A-I-S-L-I-N-G-C-U-R-T-I-N. And I put stuff up there every day. And then we also have an Act Now Purpose for Living and a 5-Minute Breakouts uh, Facebook page. So if anybody wants to join there, and obviously 5-Minute Breakouts is on YouTube as well. Fab. Yes, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with me. Too many ways to get in touch with me. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you, and it's, I loved having you here. It's... Um, It's been a really exciting conversation. You're clear to be doing lots of brave, courageous and exciting things. So, um, yeah, good luck with it all. Thank you. And one of our things for 2017 is to have a podcast. So I hope that um, you will be willing to come on our podcast once we get that up and running. Because I'd I'd love to have you on that too. Turning the tables. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah, exactly. I'll make you sweat the next time. (laughs) (laughs) Be a pleasure too. Thanks for joining me, Aileen. Ashlyn. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thanks, Jim.